The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Smoking on that butane. Yeah, oh boy. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Tuesday, November 21st, and today is World Television Day. It's also yeah, World Hello Day, National Gingerbread Cookie Day, National Red Mitten Day, and everyone's favorite, Rico, especially yours, it's National Stuffing Day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast and please remember to like share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms use that qr code somewhere on the screen to find out where we live on the internet and we are live every monday through friday on youtube twitch twitter rumble and facebook so welcome to everyone joining us from any one of those audiences and kicking it off today, <coughs> we have the dope dad himself. It's Mr. Rico Lamite, the Quasimodo caretaker, and apparently the stuffing man in the household. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Mm -hmm. So um, for today's story, it's a tale of two worlds, MSOs versus everybody. Now, the latter half of 2023 has seen the trend of cannabis multi-state operators ex exiting established legalized states, and we see that continue. A lack of genuine connections with and, and the inability to earn respect from local consumers led to lackluster sales against home teams of smaller, more nimble operators and neighborhood trappers, with the victors laughing them out of each region one by one. But will it be the MSOs that end up getting the last laugh? After years of rapid expansion, much, uh, some of America's largest MSOs have continued to streamline operations this year. MJ Biz Daily reported that the two, two of the biggest, Florida-based Trulieve and Chicago-based Cresco Labs, exited state legal cannabis markets in the past five months, reflecting ongoing efforts to strengthen balance sheets as the industry awaits widely anticipated federal reform and improved investor sentiment. Pressured by tough macroeconomic environment and the slow pace of federal cannabis reform, MSOs began aiming to quote unquote, optimize operations in more lucrative markets. Cresco Labs has retail operations in seven states yet exited Arizona and Maryland in recent months. The result, 191 million in revenue in third quarter in offsetting uh, divestments, according to the company's latest earnings results. Cresco CEO Charlie Bactell says it's all part of the company's quote-unquote year of the core mandate. Our third quarter results demonstrate our ability to drive solid performance with strong gains in, uh, to our margin and operating cash flow by continuing to execu execute on a strategy where we win our core markets and with our core strategies, core brands, and core products. Core, core, core. Truly sold off its three remaining California locations this year in abandoned Massachusetts in the aftermath of Lorna McMurray's death in its Holyoke plant, what some are calling the industry's first recorded death due to cannabis. 
CEO Kim Rivers said during TrueLeave's third quarter earnings call that by taking proactive steps to strengthen our balance sheet, streamlining operations, and reducing inventory, we will exit 2023 as a leaner organization with strong cash generation and a clearly defined strategy. TrueLeave is best positioned for the coming wave of meaningful growth catalysts. Back to Ellen Rivers share a strategic agenda based on two upcoming events they believe will cause a seismic shift in the American cannabis industry, permanently tilting fortunes in their favor. The U.S. government rescheduling cannabis and the much-anticipated passage of the Safer Banking Act. The communal sentiment is both catalyst of both is that both catalysts will spur more investor interest in the industry, which will benefit everyone because trickle-down economics work. While we've yet to see actual rescheduling occur or the safe, safer, or soon-to-be-released safest banking acts passing either, the mass MSO exodus from established markets is an interesting game to play uh, to watch play out, with local and regional operators claiming legislatively embattled yet established territories and MSOs who've learned from mistakes made in their quote-unquote test markets now controlling the social ne- uh, social narratives and literally writing laws in their favor in, uh, for emerging Southern and Midwestern markets, free of pre-existing organized legacy competition. One can't help but wonder what a truly divided industry will look like two to three years from now once both catalysts are finalized. I know, you know, being Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for High Night News, I'll continue to be following the money report on the news as it plays out, but I'm interested in y'all's take. Will MSOs exiting established markets lead to ultimate victory and the fulfillment of the promised sustainable economic prophecies written into their corporate scriptures? Or will the operators left behind figure it out, grow, and thrive in their absence? What do you think, Jason? Tale of Two Industries has begun. Oh, geez. Here we go. Here we go. So here, here, here's the question. Are, 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 I think the, the biggest the biggest answer to this is if they exit, who is going to fill the gap? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Somebody's like going to be there to pick up the slack to sell booth legal mm. weed to people. You know who that's going to be, right, Nicole? That's going to be the pharmaceutical industry. Be? The pharmaceutical industry as soon as they move it to Schedule 3. Ooh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so a good so point. You don't think, you don't think the uh, – uh, the uh, the the local small and regional operators. You don't think they're going to figure out, and you don't think they'll thrive. You think they're just going to nope. get? I don't you know, think they have a chance. I think they're going to get their lunch others. served to them on if a paper plate. If we don't plate. pass safe banking, these small businesses are not going to survive. Facts. Like these. Well, this is this is a this is a big this is a turning point at this point. Like three years into trying to debate, go back and forth, lobbying, people trying to get put their money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Like the, the smaller businesses are the ones that are suffering. The bigger ones don't care. They're not the ones lobbying on Capitol Hill to pass safe banking. They could care less. They'll just watch the industry implode on itself and yep. they'll snatch up the smaller operators because they have the long money. They have they can wait. They can wait it out. Yep. It'll but be like the a smaller rec- operators don't. It'll be like a receivership sale and they're just gonna come in and buy everybody for pennies on the dollar. That's it. Or not, and they're just going to let them all just sit, fall by the wayside. I don't think it's like the pharmaceutical industry is going to be just like jumping in here either, just to just to sell mids. You know what I well, mean? Well, no, I no, they're 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 going to be they're going to be jumping in for those cultivation. I think these big companies like True Leaves and all these they're they're actually in the right position because they have the infrastructure already built to meet the requirements probably set by the FDA to do the same thing. And they'll probably be able to turn back on these investments when that time comes. But with all that moldy product that they produce, you really think that they have the proper infrastructure in place to make pharmaceutical grade products? I, I, it's not pharma grade product. First and foremost, that's not what schedule three means. It's got to meet a certain requirement set by the FDA. So that's, that, that's, that's pharma grade like, to me. That to me, that's pharma grade. That's to me, that pharma is grade, that's like Tyson chicken is not farm. Okay, but they're but they're surely selling chicken and chicken byproducts to a hundred percent of Americans. So uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. And these these big companies have already made the investment. They've already done they've already done the spending. And yeah, there's probably infrastructure they haven't bought yet that'll probably be conglomerized or just like kind of you know swooped in on brought under their um, purview, under their umbrella, and they'll utilize it somehow. 
but I mean, this is this is just like, hey, we don't have the money to pay for this at this point, so we're going to stop. And when the laws change, they'll come right back in and they'll turn those operations back on, most likely. Mm. Speaking that's of booth, that's my opinion. That's my that's, that's what your, that's I your prediction. I think it's showing how, how difficult it is to make money in this industry, right? If these big giants closing down, they're closing down because they're not making money. Mm-hmm. It, it has nothing to do with anything else other than we're not making money. We got to reevaluate our budget for next year. And, uh, you know, how can we make more money in, in the right places? That's why they're closing down, right? And, 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 and Big Pharma has the government in their pocket to where, to where they can basically um, – uh, mandate certain types of enforcement on the trap market and basically, you know, consolidate all of these, uh, all these facilities and, and focus on a single so, compound. So, but do you think it's going to be big pharma or big tobacco that, that big pharma. takes over? Big pharma. Big pharmaco. Yep. Big pharma. <laughs> so I think I got to, I got to hop that, in. Big, My second cup is Amazon. kicking in. Oh boy. So, Here we go. You I guys don't think tobacco jumps in until we are in a heat, not burn scenario. They learned their lesson with tobacco and they're really trying to become a smokeless product. <clears throat> That's the Hold first on. thing. But they've caused yeah, all they, this they, cancer. They, now they like can, their campaign that. can be we cure cancer. I'd right. like to add to that. Uh, Yara, uh, I would like to add to that. Um, they have not, they just brushed off uh, the jewel loss, like nothing. 42 million just gone. And they oh, don't care. Nothing. They're, Still moving so, forward. Peanuts, not, peanuts to them. I'm not comfortable talking about my jewels on this episode, but we can definitely <laughs> do a deep dive. I mean, you try, you try to show them on every you other can commit episode. To talk I'll about it later. tell you that when it comes it to my vape check, I'm definitely a heat, not burn kind of guy. And so I do want to just jump over onto this safe banking thing for a quick sec, right? Because I was yeah. the, the committee chair for the Diversity, Inclusion, and Social Equity Committee for NCIA on safe banking. And the first thing I did when I became title. appointed that chair was I renamed that committee because everybody has been clinging to safe banking like it is, you know, like I'm I'm Leo in, in Titanic and, and it's the life raft coming and I'm already blue in the lips, right? And the truth is it, it, we don't need safe banking in order to do some things on the executive side to reduce the number of suspicious activity reports and some of these other things that lead to the increased costs for cannabis banking. We don't need any legislation to do that. So everybody's like, safe, 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 safe. And I'm like, listen, there's a lot that can be done without waiting for Congress to do anything. And those things aren't being done. And the truth is this, right? And this has been a truth for years. Getting a cannabis bank account and having a intimate relationship with a financial institution albeit, uh, you know, plutonic intimacy, uh, is not that difficult for a cannabis business. What cannabis is suffering from is not the ability to put money in or to have payment processing. It's the ability to access SBA and SBL. And so until we can get low cost of capital loans like any other business, stop with this bullshit about being able to put your paper in the bank. Because that is not the solve, nor is that the biggest pain point in the industry financially. Pass but safe so banking pass already. Yeah. I can write to me, but it's not that. anymore. Being able to use banking services. And that's what I mean. Yes, I putting your money in the bank is one thing so that you don't have a cash um, stash <laughs> in your um, place of business. Being able to write checks to like pay your vendors. Um, but yeah, it's also about being able to get loans and operating like any other business does um, and the and the benefits that come from that. Yes, you're absolutely right. Rico, it sounds like Yara, you've indoctrinated you're... Yaro a little bit on this issue. Y- Yaro, you were speaking Jason Beck's love language. You talk <laughs> Ooh, that to... hurts. You talk <laughs> Ooh, that's to... uh, that's a hell of a way to start my day. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I thought we weren't talking about your jewels. <laughs> you know, I mean, I use my jewels, Jason Beck, and love language in the same sentence because I might get nauseous. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, keep, we're gonna keep this train rolling. We're gonna grow right into a commercial, and we're gonna be right back. This is not. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon? iHeartRadio and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. Really good point. Yes. 
<laughs> the thing he says, Earlier you got to you, you guys say? were asking for feedback. I'll yeah, give you some feedback. Hey, that's hey, that, that, that's because most people run. can't handle the truth and they run from the facts. Can't handle the truth. Facts. You need me on that wall. That's you right. want me on that wall. I am the Jack Nicholson to you, Tom Cruise, and you will vote left. No, don't vote left. Whatever you do. Yeah, we're, we're yeah we're waiting on you, Rico. I just I just love I'm just loving what I'm hearing right I just, now. I, just, of course, of course, sipping tea, sipping tea. But up next, he is known for smoking the best weed in the world and more love, support, and affection. For America's 45th president, then Melania. Jason Beck, what do you have for us today? You forgot 47th, Rico. Oh, it's 45 and 47, just so oh, you know. No. Yeah, oh yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be big. Real Threw up big. In my mouth. Oh yeah, throw up in your mouth all you want. That's right. You're going to keep on throwing up in your mouth for the next four years after this. So don't worry. You're going to be okay. I promise. You made it through the first four. But... And you're in way better economic situation last four years than you are this four years. But nonetheless, I'm going to keep on rolling into my story because are you guys ready for this? Oh, boy. Minnesota is set to launch roadside impairment test for marijuana, you guys. That's right. Select law enforcement officers in Minnesota will soon have a new tool in their arsenal to catch cannabis impaired drivers. A saliva-based roadside test. As required under the state's new adult-use marijuana law, Minnesota is launching a pilot project to gauge if different oral fluid testing tools can accurately detect drug use. The state is expected to roll out two different testing instruments next month that certified drug recognition experts will administer over the next year. In a quote, these are by far and away the most commonly used testing units across the country, said Mike Hansen, director of Minnesota's Office of Traffic Safety. I find it interesting that it's a pilot project, but nonetheless, I would expect that by this time next month, the units will be in the field and will be in use. Law enforcement in some other states where mar marijuana is legal have used these roadside tests to help establish probable cause similar to preliminary breathalyzer screening for alcohol. Minnesota officers could do the same in the future, but but test results taken during the pilot period may not be used as cause for arrest or as evidence in court, according to the law. The roadside tests being piloted are intended only for the purpose of analyzing the proactivity, accuracy, and efficiency of the instrument, according to the statute. Their results will be compared to laboratory blood testing, and officers must obtain a driver's consent before administering the oral fluid test. They will ask drivers to swab their own mouth until the swab changes color, Hansen says. Maybe it's going to turn green. The state plans to purchase about 100 tests for the pilot project at a cost of just under $5,000 a piece. Who's selling these, Hansen said. And Minnesota's pub public safety commissioner must report the results of the pilot project to the legislature by February of 2025. Michigan, which legalized marijuana by voter referendum in 2018, has studied oral fluid tests with cannabis and other drugs in recent years. And a report published by the Michigan State Police back in 2021 found that oral fluid testing instruments were an effective preliminary screening tool but not as reliable as a blood test one of the problems with marijuana testing is the length of time thc stays in someone's body after the person consumes it and is no longer high further every user's tolerance and actual intoxication will vary in a way that is not comparable to standard blood alcohol level limits Oral fluid tests are more indicative of how recent someone has smoked, or rather how high they are, Sergeant Jim Jones, Michigan State Police Drug Recognition Expert Program Leader, told the Star Tribune earlier this year. Chuck DeWeese, a traffic safety consultant who previously worked for the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee, agreed the tests indicate recent drug use, not level of impairment, he said. But DeWeese, who's advocated for roadside oral fluid testing around the country, believes the tests have proven to be an effective tool in helping officers build probable cause to make an arrest. In a quote, you're still going to draw blood for the uh, eventual, evidential, but 
This is a tool to assist law enforcement, Dewey said. Having more drug recognition experts trained to identify impairment is key for eventually convicting drugged drivers, Jones said, especially since oral fluid tests aren't admissible in court in Michigan either. Minnesota has more than 300 certified drug recognition experts, better known as DREs, and that's not Dr. Dre's, that's just regular Dre's trained to identify drivers who are under the impairment for drugs. Hansen said the state's the state is seeking to add even more before retail marijuana dispensaries open in early 2025 and in a quote he says, "Our goal is to put enough DREs, enough Dre's on the road where a street cop any for where a street for where a street cop that, I don't, that doesn't make sense, but nonetheless, anywhere in the state of Minnesota within 20 or 30 minutes can either have a drug recognition expert on the scene or at very least have a phone consultation, Hansen said. We're being very proactive as we come up with legalization and when the dispensaries will actually open. State public safety leaders are also raising awareness about the dangers of drug driving through social media posts and news release, among other things. Driving high is a DWI. It's that simple, Hansen said. Well, 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 what do you think of this? I find it fascinating that they're calling it oral fluid, but I'm just going to kind of leave it there and see what y'all guys have to say, because this is Jason well, that, Beck well, for the high at nine news. What do y'all think? <laughs> I think if they actually had something that worked. First, say, first of all. First of all, you want me to put a swab in my mouth until it turns colors. Of, wait, wait, with some form of chemical on it that I don't know, mm -hmm. and then wait for that chemical to then absorb into my skin in my mouth and change the color, and then change color. Yep. It's actually, your saliva that activates it, Nicole, not not the other way around. So your your saliva has to activate the chemical, and it creates a color reaction. Oh, oh, so I ever take a COVID test? Yeah. No. What, what, what happens if, if you if you ask them and you can't just spit on it? Come on. Well, they don't let you just spit on it, bro. Come on. This is the side of the road, but it ain't that side of the road. Come on. But, but I mean, this is, this is we already set the precedent by letting them jam a thing up our nostrils and Come and on. like you know wiggle it around this for ten what? seconds. So Come now on. this is the next step. So that, it, guys. we allow this to happen. With, now we need to respect of us getting monetized. Are you saying that you think that the Michigan State Police have come up with a way and that this $5,000 machine and oral test can determine how intoxicated? Well, they've already said it can't determine how intoxicated well, you are, only it, that there is presence of. What, it, well, it's just like any reagent test that uses the color spectrum, right? So, like, the lighter the color, the lower the concentration. The deeper the color, the higher the concentration because it's reacting more. So, that's kind of how that, that also, works. Does that also apply, though, to RSO or if you are drink, if you are taking something? It's not in your blood. It's in your blood. How much of it gets put into your saliva? Because, like, if I'm taking RSO... Well, your buccal glands don't, they, they already bypass the blood brain barrier. So like, that's why, that's how like, um, like, you know, some certain sublingual stuff works, right? It's just absorbing into your buccal glands. It's bypassing all of the normal digestive tract and it's going straight into your blood. So that, that is why you can pick things up with saliva. That's why they've used saliva tests for, for a lot of things, but I mean, do we think it's legit? Hell no. This is just oh, a way no. for cops. This is just another way for cops to fuck with you. Oh, we got probable cause now. You're intoxicated and we proved it with your dumb saliva test. What about That's a, all this? What about a waste of taxpayer money? Because it sounds to me, based off this article, that they're getting charged five thousand dollars a swab. No, so five thousand dollar towel for five hundred dollars. You know, like that's I that's we, what it sounds we, like. We sell we sell Hyatt Nine branded swabs. I'm I'm down. I am down. And I'll I'll do them. I'll do them at half price. I'll do them at half price. Twenty five hundred a swab all day. What happens if somebody is so cotton mouth that they are not able to produce the necessary saliva to comply? Like you have to think about why would you have a test that is directly in opposition of the major <laughs> side effect. I mean, sounds like you come what, in, you got like dry that. mouth, you're like a little turtle with nothing in there. You're like, 
I wonder. I wonder if you would dilute the test if you like had a like swish of water in your mouth just previously. Absolutely, absolutely. How about a mouthwash? How about a breath mint? How about some gum? And how does that alter anything, right? That's in every well, pot smoker's kit, right? They said these officers going to be well trained. I'm, I'm sure yeah, they're going to have. Hold on, hold on. First of all, bro, these are DREs that we're talking about, and these guys are all trained, as we all know, to tell you that if you've smoked marijuana, your tongue turns green. So, I mean, yeah, we have yeah, to, like, like, be real. Yeah, yeah. like, yep. Yep. so. Silly, it's not going to work. Scientifically, it doesn't work. And right. That's and, just and the reality. And, and. Honestly, honestly, I think that there should be a, a nationwide effort by police and consumers to partner together. And people, like, have you seen, there was a um, Netflix series that the guy, I can't remember his name, and he did, like, a bong rip, and then he went and drove on a track and had the police with him. And so I think that there's a way, like he did a bong rip and then he drove on the track immediately. And then he did a bong rip and he drove on the track an hour later. And his, and his, you know, him being able to drive that track differed based on an hour after he smoked. Um, and I think that if we had some more roadside tests that help people to like, literally you hit a bong and then you do some tests to determine like how intoxicated you are, just like they have roadside, you know, say well, the alphabet well, backwards or some can, shit like can that. You, could, could you oh, imagine? Everybody's you, different. Every train of thought is different. Everything is different. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they really had something like that, Nicole? And then you would get certified in your driving test, and they put like a little weed leaf on there if you were allowed to allowed be to drive stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, because it doesn't impair yes, you. That's me. Love that idea. Hey, they're gonna do roadside <laughs> tests. Your bottle. You drive drunk too. Next, is that what you're gonna oh, suggest? Uh, like, as long as you could get the, is, if you can get the sticker, you've passed the test, you've done the training, yeah. put in that's the right. year. Right. Exactly. You're an expert. Not, not to mention, not to mention, you've been able to identify boof apparently very well because apparently you have a very high tolerance. Exactly. If they're going to do roadside on board, tests, Jason. we finally agree. We they should embed these roadside tests in like really delicious, quick restaurants right off the road. So they need to take the DREs and put them with the MREs and make sure that they are capturing all the hungry drivers, right? And they uh, could just do it at the right. drive-through. I thought you were going to give us like, another three-letter Let me get a double-double with cheese and give me the quick swab at the same time. I thought you were going to give us another three-letter acronym right there, Euro. You kind of messed up the beat. I'm sure, I'm sure these trained officers um, have methods of handling people who say they can't salivate. They know ways to make you drool. Yeah, it's called handcuffing, tasing, and fucking pepper spray. They're going to bring out the unit. <laughs> Of stripping cops. I'm not, I'm not. Man, <laughs> that would be amazing if they had stripper cops. Drool all over that swab. Whether it's I do. You got to go to MJ Biz for it. Did somebody have a loud noise complaint? I'm bringing my Velcro <laughs> pants anyway. I'm Somebody's taking my Velcro marijuana pants on the, road. on the expo floor. I'm like, is that ag tech or are you just happy to see me? Rip. And in, in all fairness, I do know a female one time that was getting ready to get handcuffed uh, by, by law enforcement. And she asked them specifically for the pink furry ones. Just saying. I'm not in. I'm not in pink furries. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. Okay. Just I like saying. her sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Back to the story. Um, I I'm I am skeptical of anybody who is supposed to be um any type of research or agent or officer that is supposed to know if somebody's high and they've never gotten high. I mean, it's just hard. How do how never. did you know? I mean, if if for if for decades they were training officers to look for green tongues to determine, they still are, Nicole. They still are. They still are. It's that is mind blowing. And so obviously, it's like, how can you do this research if you've never been around people who are consuming or get high? Like, I feel like you, you might not have to actually do it, but any anybody who's been around somebody that smokes weed knows that their tongues don't turn green. I feel like uh, Charms Blow Pop and Jolly Rancher should should join forces and sue all these police departments I for teaching their DREs this because they're actually losing sales by arresting people that like Charms Blow Pops, Sour Apple, and uh, and Jolly Ranchers. Uh -huh. Just now they can prevent that with this new swab. Right? Oh, boy. <laughs> I think the swab might turn your tongue green, Todd. 
but yeah. that's very possible. But yeah. nonetheless, you could do anything. Who yes, knows? Yes, we, we we do got to keep this keep this train rolling. We are going to move right on in to Miss Nicole Buffong. She is a purple plant medicine specialist, and she is the voice of the Encyclopedia on Power eighty eight in Las Vegas, Nevada, every Wednesday. That's right. It is none other than Miss Purple Plant Magic herself, Nicole Buffong. Thank you so much, Jason, for that lovely introduction. Um, I'm going to, of course, draw, um, jump across the water and cover follow-up story from South Africa. Uh, about maybe two months ago, we talked about um, their legalization bill, working through um, their legislative process. And I'm happy to announce that in a significant move towards cannabis reform, South Africa's National Assembly has given its approval to the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill, potentially paving the way for the legalization of personal cannabis use. This development comes after a 2018 judgment that decriminalized private cannabis use, signaling, signaling a possible turning point for South Africa's cannabis landscape. The bill focuses exclusively on cannabis for personal use by adults, though authorities recently ordered an end to arrests for use and possession. That was the last story that I reported on. I think it was last month. Um, selling marijuana is still illegal, though. Um, in the words of the Democratic Alliance Parliament member, if you want to smoke it, you have to grow it. Don't buy it. The bill does not include some crucial details, such as possession limits and legalization for medical use. However, regulations governing private adult cannabis use are expected to be addressed in separate rulemaking from Justice and Correctional Services Minister. Um, and so one notable aspect of the bill is its provision to expunge criminal records. Yay! Yay, 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 South Africa. Um, um, they're going to expunge criminal records related to cannabis convictions, a move in line with many reform measures in the United States. These records may be cleared for those previously convicted of possession, use, and other cannabis-based charges. The prolonged delay in advancing the bill, which took five years to reach this point, can be attributed to concerns about its potential impact on children. The Department of Justice and Constitutional Development urged the committee to consider children's best interests in the context of legalizing adult cannabis use. Although the bill does not establish a recreational cannabis market or permit cannabis sales, there is optimism that it may lay the groundwork for South Africa's future cannabis industry. The government has identified the cannabis and hemp sector as a priority for investment and job creation. Yeah. South Africa's move towards legalization also has the potential to have a substantial impact on the medical marijuana industry. A recent report revealed that MMJ is, is projected to experience some growth um, highlighting the growing interest in cannabis-related opportunities in the region. Um, thanks to Benzinga, um, this, that's where this article was found. I, I am excited to see this growth happening in South Africa. My people on the ground there are planning. Um, the, the people that I'm working with are healers, um, uh, naturopathic healers, and um, healers whose families have been doing it for generations. And so they're preparing their businesses for a medical program to be rolled out because that's what they're lobbying and advocating for. Um, and hopefully that only people who are medical professionals will be able to actually prescribe medical cannabis to their patients. Um, so it's exciting times. I'm um, looking forward to visiting South Africa very soon and experiencing what the marketplace is like there and um, connecting with my people on the ground obviously a, a move in the right direction to expunge records um, and to stop arresting people uh, and creating more criminals around this plant. So shout out to South Africa. We're going to watch this closely. Obviously, they're not in a rush. <laughs> it's taken them five years to get to this point. Um, and so we're excited to see movement forward in the right direction. Um, but hopefully uh, they will be able to say that this bill is officially passed and, and they implement start implementing all everything that's in the bill. Um, so this is Nicole Buffon reporting for Hyatt Night News. Love to hear what my correspondents think about this story. Nicole, how many people Great do they story. have in jail for cannabis? How many people will actually be 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 uh, 
you know, have, expunged. They, I have no idea. And that was one of the issues. It's the same thing that has happened, that has come up in places like Trinidad and throughout the Caribbean as well, um, that a lot of times these arrest records get lost in the sauce. So um, trying to expunge your record, you go to try to find the record and, and it was on paper from 20 years ago and somehow that storage unit got burnt down or, you know, some something happened to it and so they can't find it. A lot of these countries are just moving to a digital platform when it comes to these arrest records and things. So that's been an issue is like even trying to find your arrest record so that you're able to expunge it. Um, and so trying to determine how many people are in prison um, is, is just, it's just that much harder. Mm -hmm. I know there was a popular story of, of a South African that was, uh, that had created a co-op um, and he got arrested. And so he became, you know, kind of mainstream news because he was a white South African. Um, and so he, his, he was able to get the attention that he needed because he was able to pay for the, the legal services and the PR to kind of get his story out. Um, but there are a lot of farmers that who's, who didn't, didn't have the same resources that whose stories fall by the wayside. So I think it's going to be hard for them even to determine how many people have been arrested for cannabis um, and how many people are actually sitting in jail for cannabis. I think it's huge. This is huge. I, I absolutely love the fact that they say, oh, you don't want to get in trouble? Grow your own. That's, that's right. how you start things off. And that's how you get people learning more about the plant and yeah. um, they become sustainable. And when the bigs actually do enter the market, they're like, yo, get this shit out of here, man. This is right. terrible. Has, exactly. has Elon Musk tweeted anything in regards to this new development? I don't no, because there's not enough Jewish people there for him to want to talk oh. shit. Oh, wow. Sure. I don't follow Elon Musk. What happened? What's that, Nicole? I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think I he claims. I would know. I don't uh, follow Elon Musk. You don't follow. I don't think he claims his uh, his South African roots anymore, Jason. For sure, he does. Hundred percent. He's just he another American from Texas. Oh boy! Oh boy! Red nice. You guys. Well, good job, South Africa. We're pulling yeah. for you. Way to go, South Africa. We hope you do great. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh yeah, stop yeah. whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button and as well, make sure that you hit that like button. And if you didn't hit that like button, make sure that you do hit that like button. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And all of the articles that we cover on today's High at Nine News, you can find on our website at www.highatnightnews.com. Make sure you share them with a friend. And if you are not wanting to hit that like button, why don't you do us another favor then and hit that share button and share this show with your friends. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. A week from today. <laughs> Up next, he's the Las Vegas-based co-founder of the Smuggleverse and president and founder of Digipath Labs, here to bless us with a little golden tongue love. You know who it is, Todd Dakin. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rico. Thank you. Uh, my story about a city so nice they named it twice. Uh, as the New York governor signs marijuana tax cut bills providing local 280E relief New York City businesses. 
New York's governor signed legislation to provide tax relief to New York City marijuana businesses that are currently blocked from making federal deductions under an Internal Revenue Service IRS code known as 280E. About five months after the Senate and Assembly approved the proposal and less than a week after both chambers formally transmitted their identical bills to Governor Kathy Hochul, she signed them into law on Friday. While Hochul signed separate budget bill last year that included provisions that allow state-level cannabis business tax deductions, a partial remedy to the ongoing federal issue, New York City has its own tax laws that weren't affected by that change. New measure is meant to fill the policy gap. Summary of the bill says, quote, this bill would allow a deduction for a business expenses incurred by taxpayers authorized by the cannabis law to engage in the sale distribution or production of adult use cannabis products or medical cannabis purposes of the unincorporated business tax, general corporation tax, and the corporate tax of 2015, commonly referred to as the business corporation tax. Section of the city's tax code would be amended to add sections allowing the deductions in an amount equal to any federal deduction disallowed, 280E of the Internal Revenue Code. Memo to the attached bill also says, this modification to income is appropriate because while the expenses of cannabis-related business not be deducted for federal purposes, New York law permits and encourages these businesses akin to any other legitimate business occurring in the state. Cities business taxes should similarly encourage these business activities. Also notes that the reform legislation has the support of New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's got his own problems. Uh, lawmakers in several states have pursued the tax workaround as congressional marijuana reform legislation continues to stall, leaving state-licensed cannabis businesses with significantly higher federal effective tax rates under uh, prohibition. Last month, for example, Pennsylvania House approved a large tax reform that uh, contains language to provide state-level relief to medical marijuana businesses. Reform has drawn the ire of Republican members who normally champion tax cuts. It's a democratic giveaway to the cannabis industry. Of course, what else would they call it? In August, the governor of Maine signed legislation to decouple the state tax from federal policy for cannabis businesses. Governor of Illinois also signed a budget <laughs> bill in June that includes provisions that will allow licensed marijuana businesses to make state tax deductions that they're currently prohibited from utilizing under the IRS code. A month, uh, that same month, the governor of Connecticut also signed budget legislation that includes provisions to provide state-level tax relief to licensed marijuana businesses as a federal 280E workaround for the industry. Also, the governor of New Jersey signed legislation in May to allow licensed marijuana businesses to deduct certain expenses on their state tax returns as a partial IRS 280E fix. Lawmakers in Iowa and Virginia have similarly pursued tax relief for their state's marijuana markets. At the congressional level, Representative Earl Blumenauer, Jason's buddy, introduced a bill in May that would amend the IRS code to allow state legal marijuana businesses to finally take federal tax deductions that are available to companies in other industries. He told Marijuana Moment that he's absolutely convinced that when we are able to fully deduct their business expenses, actually will be more revenue collected because people will fully comply with the law. Time being, the marijuana industry continues to face tax policy challenges under the umbrella of prohibition. As the Congressional Research Service noted in a 2021 report, IRS has offered little tax guidance about the application of 280E. The IRS did, did provide some guidance in an update in 2020, explaining that while cannabis businesses can't take standard deductions, 280E does not prohibit a participant in the marijuana industry from reducing its gross receipts by its properly calculated cost of goods to determine its gross income. I like how they show you, the, they tell you how to cheat. The IRS update uh, seemed to be responsive to a Treasury Department internal watchdog report that was released in 2020. The department's inspector general, tax administration, had criticized the IRS for failing to adequately advise taxpayers marijuana industry about compliance with federal tax laws and directed the agency to, quote, develop and publicize guidance specific to the marijuana industry. Industry's 280E problem could also be resolved if the Drug Enforcement Administration accepts the recommendation of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources and moves marijuana from Schedule 1 
Schedule 3 of the Controlled Substance Act. I'm Todd Dankin with Hi at Nine News. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. Tax is still theft no matter what. Yeah, I mean, this, yes, it is. This, this, yes, this, it is. this is still good, but it doesn't do anything. Uh, I think the headline's kind of misleading because it all it, it pertains to is New York taxes and has nothing to do with your federal taxes, and everyone knows that's the big Achilles heel in regards with cannabis businesses. When it right, but it's allowing for the, the deduction because you can't deduct it federally, so you can deduct it. You can deduct it on your what? state taxes. That's great, but the percentage of your state taxes and compared to your federal income taxes is very, very different. I still think that kudos to New York, even though they haven't had the smoothest rollout in acknowledging one of the biggest pain points for the industry. And, Agreed. you know, press release and PR aside, at least they recognize that this is a big issue. They're trying to amplify the issue. Uh, they are both the financial capital of the country, as well as arguably the tri-state area is the biggest cannabis market in the country. And so I've said a lot of not complimentary things about New York and their attempts to enter into the regulated space. On this one, I'm gonna give them two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I agree. Huh? I agree too. Yeah, I, it's not... better. It's, it's better than what other states have done. I mean, at least they're doing something, and and it's going to help these businesses. Um, and so, you know, I, kudos to them for trying um, to do something to help with that bottom line. Yeah, a lot I'm of states are doing it. And I think tongue and my honey badger. And I am going to buy as much regulated cannabis as I can. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. A I'm, lot of states are doing it. Pennsylvania, Maine, Illinois, Connecticut. You know, they're all doing it because cannabis industry complains, right? Who do we complain to? We complain to the local guys saying 280E sucks and I can't do this and I can't do that. So I agree. I think it's a, it's a great acknowledgement of uh, the overtaxed industry that we all live in. It's it's a good it's a good first step. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's not as big as the, as the hype is, but it's a good it's a it's a good oh, start. Nothing ever is, right? Yeah. Right. It's like little drops in the bucket here and there, you know what I mean? Nothing. But those drops I mean, add up. Those drops add up. That, that they have Better those drops the bucket than overflow. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't add yeah, up fast yeah, enough, yeah. Nicole. Not fast enough. Those drops add up says the uh, Minnesota State Trooper. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Exactly. A green um, tongue, I see. Yes. <laughs> yes. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, well, well. Coming up next, you guys. Oh, boy. Coming up next, we have Mr. Saman Razani. He's a plant formulation expert. He's also, he's also designed a few facilities, and he does a whole lot more. And one of his main products, that's right, is hello again he is the formulator for that and women across the world thank him for that that's right it is none other than mr saman rizani america america good to be back uh a little a little under the weather last yeah, we're week, glad you're feeling better feel saman thank you thank you thank you very much I have a great story from our friends in marijuana moment today about our favorite state in the union missouri missouri marijuana businesses have sold more than one billion dollars in cannabis products in 2023 missouri marijuana businesses has not, have now sold more than one billion dollars worth of medical and adult use cannabis products so far in 2023 according to the new numbers released by the state's department of health and senior services dhhs retailers sold about 95.5 million dollars worth of cannabis products uh to adult to adults in october plus another 17.6 million in medical marijuana that month while both of these represent slight uh slight declines from a month before they Bought the state, they brought the state's total amount of marijuana sold in 2023 to more than $1.1 billion. And there's a graph here. I don't know if Adam, if you can grab that and show that for our folks out there look, watching the show. <clears throat> Broadly, the adult use numbers have slowly risen since recreational sales began in February, while medical marijuana sales have steadily dwindled. This year has also seen reductions in the number of registered medical marijuana patients, caregivers, and patient cultivators. 
All cannabis sales since 2020 total a cumulative $1.7 billion, according to DHHS. The number of approximate, because unlike marijuana sale, the numbers are approximate because unlike marijuana sales data from most other states, Missouri DHHS rounds the figures to the nearest $100,000. Of tax revenue received by the state, lawmakers recently announced that $17 million will be used to fund veterans' health, drug treatment, and legal aid. Missouri's marijuana system has also experienced considerable a considerable turbulent year this year, with tens of thousands of products recalled over the allegedly illegal use of hemp-derived cannabinoids from, out, from outside the state. Regulators last week moved to revoke the business license of Delta Extraction, the company at the center of the controversy. The incident put state reg put marijuana regulators on their heels regarding practices and product testing labs which had already come under fire earlier in the year over alleged practice of lab shopping as producers sought higher THC potency numbers. Another company, Re Retailer Point Management, which does business as Shangri-La in Colombia, recently settled a dispute with a union over 15 charges of unfair labor practice. Meanwhile, lawmakers earlier this month said the state's marijuana regulators overstepped their authority when setting new rules on product branding and packaging meant to limit appeal to children. Businesses last month also filed a lawsuit challenging the, the stacked local and county taxes that companies say are, is unconstitutional. And uh, that's the story from uh, Marijuana Moment today on Missouri. And there's a lot of in interesting information here. I mean, they're obviously undergoing a lot, but uh, you know, n one of the main things that that sticks out to me in this uh, article is is that they had to deal with someone from Missouri that's a that's a you know manufacturer using Delta eight conversions, well, Delta nine conversions that probably have Delta eight in them um, because you know chemistry is not perfect. Uh, that they got you know, caught up for doing that. And that just kind of like goes to show what a what a green rush this is in Missouri. Um, but like, you know, a, a billion dollars in sales says a lot um, about the, you know, I guess that that middle America demand for cannabis. And I'd love to hear what everybody thinks about that. Guys, lay can it I, on. Can I I'll absolutely confirms the demand for this product and makes it like any other product in the world because the demand is just so... I pardon the pun. You know, you know, you know and what's really. It, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry. I don't know, I'm, I'm just saying it, it, it. You know, people say, "Well, this is," a, you know, they call it a religious thing. Well, when the religious states start wanting their weed, it, it starts to move the needle a little bit, or it should move the needle. And I mean, it's uh, the demand is so high. That's why the black market is so high. <laughs> that's why legalization is on every ballot. And it, that's why so not only from the demand of the product, but the demand of the tax dollar. You want you want to hear some of the funny Simhan? So, Talk to me. So so so, and you said this story today is out of marijuana moment, right? Yes. Now this is this is where it gets really funny because marijuana moment is promoting Missouri, saying oh it has this great 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 industry, right? And we just did a billion dollars in sales, right, for this year. Well, well they're saying they did a billion dollars in sales. Hold, I on, guess, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm 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 getting there. I'm getting there. I had to build up to it because <laughs> MJ Biz Daily put out a news article today saying that Missouri marijuana sales declined for the third month in a row. Interesting. So they still hit a billy. They still hit a billy. That that is true. They still hit a billy, but I just I just love the propaganda going on. I mean that that this just goes to prove our, you know, the the meat it's all about spin and it's all about what what the perception of the du jour is, you know, the perception du jour that they want to promote. And um whatever we say about what you know anything it's like missouri you wouldn't expect the sales to be at that level i think and i think that's why it's kind of so shocking because you're like wow it's a billion dollars in revenue um and just and it's not even been 12 months so it's you know that's the that's the crazy thing it's actually way less than 10 months because it started in february right so uh, we're uh, we're in november um you know that's that's nine months that's not uh and it's in decline true 
<laughs> Both of these things can be true. You can do over a billion dollars in sale and you can still have declining sales three months in a row. The declining right. sales three months in a row is probably Trump's economic policies finally That's catching Biden, up. That's Biden economics, bro. Everybody was eating when that, Trump was in. diminished purchasing power by every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Everybody was eating when Trump was trending. in. I think it's just the trends of the sales of the time of year. Um, you know, and I think that has probably more to do with it. But, you know, hey, whatever you want, whatever, you know, take your jab at Trump. That's OK. Yarrow. You can do that. It's America. You can say whatever you want. That's right. Interested in learning if any of the prices have gone up, like has has had the prices been adjusted at all in the last three months? And maybe that might have caused the downward slope in sales. Who knows? It could have been yeah. anything. People are feeling the pinch economically. So they're going from, yep. you know, they're they're saving their resources for stocking stuffers instead of pipe stuffers. And so. I mean, I definitely think that we are in troubled economic times across the country and potentially those sales don't necessarily, those diminishing sales for three months in a row don't necessarily reflect the, the state demand. It also could mean that three months ago, people stocked up, right? In anticipation of all of this happening and they don't need to buy it right now because uh, they got I'm plenty. Not, I'm not, I'm not buying know, that. I'm not like buying that. You don't not buying put that. the bottle on its yeah. side and it gets more impressive as the date gets older. Yeah, exactly. That, that, I don't, I'm not buying that one either. Also, People always have money for, for vices, grow? right? Does, does Minnesota allow home growth? Um, this is uh, Minnesota. Uh, or you mean Missouri. Missouri? You mean Missouri, right? I'm sorry, Missouri. Does, does uh, they allow home growth? You know, I think they, I think they do. I think they have a, they have a home growth uh, situation because they have patient, they have patient caregivers and cultivators and and things like that. So yeah, I'm sure it's like every other medical state where. You can grow up to a certain amount of plants and if people kind of assign you as their caregiver you are allowed to grow their plants which you know which is probably you know what yeah, they should have well, kept they, as, but... they started growing in february by now they would they started, have a they started, uh, adult use in february so they started called it's been years medical but the medical sales are still pretty good they're just you know shy of 50 million dollars a month in sales basically and i think that's a uh, those are those are huge numbers and i don't know what that scale is because it's only it's rounded up as they said to the nearest hundred thousand dollar um so you don't actually get an exact figure um but we do see you know the the trending sales and their medical sales are still pretty good for a state that just converted but of course um you know doing a hundred million dollars a month or over in sales um in a place like missouri is is pretty astounding since we know it's limited. Um, we know the access is, I mean, it's, you know, you have to travel to get to certain areas, but it's uh, it's it's still in high demand all across the country, that's for sure. So uh, I'm, I'm happy I'm happy for Missouri, anybody there? Holla, I think we had a couple homies out there of high nine news, so, you know, hopefully you're getting a piece of that pie. Yeah, shout out to everyone getting a paper in Missouri, but we gotta keep this train rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I know we got you growing. Jason, I have a quick question for you. Um, yes. on wh which cannabis publication is right wing and which is left wing? Go. Oh, you're so funny. I would definitely say the marijuana moment would definitely be considered the left wing then if we were going to put them like that. I don't know if I would consider MJ Biz Daily the right wing, but nonetheless, oh, okay. I would definitely consider marijuana moment the left wing. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. But up next, he is the second generation cultivator and the founder of Special Teams Consulting. You know who it is. This Sebastopol Sage himself. Yarrow Copran. Thank you. Thank you, Rico. Thank you. And good morning, Hyatt 9 News viewers here Tuesday, November 21st, getting ready for Turkey Day. And thank you so much for tuning in. My article today in MJ Biz Daily, no. California cannabis brand Dosit acquired by partner Final Bell. California brand Dosit has been acquired by longtime Los Angeles partner Final Bell Holdings International. Under the agreement, Final Bell acquired the intellectual property of the brand and assumed its debt, company executives told MJ Biz Daily in advance of an official announcement. No cash was exchanged in the deal. With Final Bell's acquisition, Dosit will grow and become more accessible for those wanting a companion to a healthy and active way of life, said Dosit founder Jason DeLand, who will oversee the integration. Santa Monica-based Dosit sells vape cartridges and fast-acting gummies primarily in the California market. However, Final Bell plans to expand the brand to New York this month, as well as Florida, Canada, and potentially Europe, DeLand told MJ Biz Daily. Expanding to the East Coast, particularly New York, is exciting, he added. The Final Bell team has deep ties in New York, and our customers have long wanted us there. 
Doset, established in 2016, was one of the industry's first to launch a branded retail outlet in 2019 at its debut store in Venice, which the company shuttered during the COVID-19 pandemic. Final Bell subsidiary 14th Round has been the exclusive hardware and packaging manufacturer for Doset since its founding. The supply chain service providers, other clients include Cookies, Ease, and Jungle Boys. So let me kick this off for us real quick. It's interesting to me that there are companies that have holdings in vape tech and manufacturing and also brands. A good example of that is Tilt, which I think has never been able to fully optimize the proposed synergies of its holdings. It's also interesting to me that it's Doset. Doset originally started as a brand called Humboldt. You know, when people would take the vowels out of a word and make it seem kind of cool and arty. And in the beginning, I stood up at the International Cannabis Business Association conference and asked them, raised my hand and said, if you're going to name your brand Humboldt, does that mean 100% of your biomass that goes into those oils is sourced in Humboldt? To which they went, I, 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 and started barking like a seal asking for a sardine. They pivoted and named it Dosit. And what was really, really interesting to me was that it was one of the first brands that I saw that had widespread um, uh, use where the vessel, not the oil, became the brand. And the vibration and the meter dose and all of that stuff was really well received by the public. And so that was a, a paradigm shift for me because I buy wine based on what's in the bottle, not necessarily based on the container. But I think it's interesting to note that a brand can be built on the hardware and not just what might be in that container. I also think it's a really smart move by 14th round and final bell to expand the opportunities they have based on their important critical B2B role manufacturing for many companies. So I leave it to you guys. What do you think my fellow Hyatt Nine News correspondents? Um, those are, you know, those are good friends of mine. And I, I want to say some special shout out. I mean, innovation is at the heart of all of the real growth in this industry, real growth. You know, I mean, like you gotta, you gotta understand there's a correlation between trajectory and innovation. And when you understand that you can see who's going to take off and when, and, you know, it's just a matter of time before this, you know, this highly useful technology for these new markets is expanded. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that it's happening now, but yeah, they're killing it. Um, they make, you know, some of the best devices in the game and they have, you know, really great relationships that have helped to take them this far. And they got a genius design team and, uh, you know, they work really, you know, hard on, on getting that product to the, to the point of manufacturing, like a really quality tool. You know, that's the devices that you see that are just everywhere. I mean, some of them are, you know, I've, I've seen a, a, a real like sharp like increase in the evolution of these products over the past couple of years and i'm like really stoked on what's out there i think some of these manufacturers are doing a really great job um, of being innovative but you know when you're first to do these types of things um it really sets the bar you know pretty high so i'm glad for those guys but yeah i mean well i ultimately as like a as a consumer and as someone who's in that manufacturing world i'm just eager to see the innovation. I think that that's cool to see um, the design just one up itself every year or uh, every every few months. And now with the uh, the potential for some, some, you know, different manufacturers other than China, I think that we'll see some other really cool innovations come out of some of these other countries that are manufacturing this hardware now. Well, <clears throat> yeah. um, I mean, I've had dosing products. I think they're great. So that so 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 Yarrow. I hate I hate to break it to you. That's not why they changed their name. They changed their name because of the Appalachia law requirement and the fact and 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 the fact that they weren't sourcing their biomass from there. So it was that's legislation. what I said. Not you didn't say that. You shout said, out. You, you said you said they changed their name because you asked them a question at the conference no i said that they were asked pointed questions in public about the source of their biomass and then after that they did pivot and change their name listen yeah. that's not a stab at them i think the vape tech is incredibly approachable i know tons of people who enjoy dosed including my wife i think it is a very approachable brand and i think the brand will do well in other markets i think the majority of people from new york who use cannabis who've been to california have enjoyed a dose of pen before mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I think the technology is smart, and I do like to see um, things like this coming to market. It's because I it, it's geared to those that are just kind of curious. Um, and more to a patient um, audience as well. But I think that it's smart. And, um, you know, I would love to see top quality product inside of it. Uh, maybe some ice water hash rosin. Um, You're not going to see uh, that. But I think that it makes it easier for people to consume it that might not be the can of serious. Um, and and I, it introduces new people to to the product. I, to, I, to can- I do agree with you on that, Nicole, 100 percent that I think I think that Dosis is probably one of the most easiest user friendly um, beginner beginner products for anyone that is newly coming into the marketplace. And it is it's a very it's a very it looks like a tampon. It looks very inviting. No, it looks like an EPP test. I don't know. know. You are wrong. You do not look like a tampon. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Jesus. I Jason think she's got some subject matter expertise from. you can't yeah, touch. Yeah, Jason, when's the last time you saw tampons? <laughs> 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 Wrong. Jason's more Jason uses man puns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrong. Man puns. Yes. Nice. Oh, hell no! Now, every time yeah, you hit one, you're not going to be able to take it out of your mind, Nicole. We, we have to wrap this up. We have to wrap this up. Can we move on? Hey, thank you all for joining us for yet another episode of High at Nine News. Catch us live weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific High noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fan show and love getting their comments posted live on the big screen in our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respective opinions to the table. To our production team cloud media partners all our sponsors keeping the lights on and usually our av struggles to a minimum as always cannabis diva l the reason we show up to read these headlines every damn day thank you too it has been tuesday november 21st 2023 the show is over you've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines hopefully it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least since tomorrow i'm regal to meet the dopest dad on the street for high nine news and uh is nicole still here is that nicole still in the house is she's she there yes oh it's still in the house why don't you take us out today? What you got for us? I want everyone to enjoy this holiday week, spend time with your family and friends. Um, but today, remember to keep it clean and keep it classy. Remember, don't smoke that booth weed. Yeah, that's right. Don't smoke booth. Or D8. Yeah. Ever. Or D8. Or D8. Yeah.